and this is the Exploring Happiness podcast. Let's get happier together! Hello! So today we are talking about the next pillar of the Exploring Happiness framework. Pillar number four, resources. So just as a reminder, I have developed the Exploring Happiness framework with six pillars, mindset, health, connections, resources, dreams, and letting go, which are helping you to find consistent happiness in your life and build it up, maintain it, and enjoy it. So pillar number four, resources, is a little bit different than the ones before. Um, it was mindset, health, and connections. The kind of resources themselves. In this one, I'm collecting a few resources, and I think it's really important to understand these resources to allocate them better and to make better use of what we have and what's available. So the four resources I have identified for this purposes are belongings, time, money, and energy. So let's turn to belongings. I also call them tools. Tools really are all our belongings tools? Yes, they are. That's something we use for something. For example, like something in the kitchen, the pot uh, is a tool to make food. Uh, a chair is a tool to sit and not be on the floor. Clothes are tools to keep us warm and Then photos are tools to keep memories um, or to bring us beauty or thought, reflection. So everything we own are tools. They carry a purpose. And it's great that we have them. I'm not saying like you have to throw everything out. <laughs> uh, my husband used to say that he's afraid when I had a really huge clutter phase that uh, one day we are just sitting here uh, with nothing in the apartment just one white bookshelf with one white book in it well I would ask like why do you need a bookshelf if you just own one white book but anyway uh, it didn't come to that <laughs> there's a lot of stuff still in my apartment uh, and but I what I started to understand is that um, we just accumulate all these tools. And I think that's also because in uh, the society I live in, the Western society, uh, where I guess uh, most or all of you listeners um, are from, uh, we, I mean, we, it's not that long that we actually were able to accumulate. Yes, some rich people, yes, but a lot of people were poor and they were happy to have something. So You would kind of keep things because they might be of use for something else or because you can't buy it again. Or uh, if, if somebody gives it to you, you treasure it because you couldn't, you didn't have the money or the, um, the, the um, resources to buy it. But we are pretty able to buy things nowadays. Uh, and I think we have to let go of this idea that we always need more things. Yes, we do, but not in that extent, I think. Um, it's it's not meaning that you can, you know, you ha that's what you have and that's what you have to keep. I mean, whatever you do and what I say is anything, uh, anyway, diff your decision. But uh, it's it's not about that. It's more about 
appreciating what you have more. And yes, that sounds a little bit strange, but I like how Marie Kondo, if you watch her videos or uh, the, the show on Netflix, yeah, you can see it. And she also writes it in her books. And I'm a big fan of her because I like that idea she has. And I think it comes from the Shinto ideas from the Jap uh, Japanese tradition and religion to see a spirit in it, pretty much everything. And if you think that all our tools are made out of something which once lived, I think, I'm not really good to know which material might have been completely artificial, but even then it's made of something from this earth and all this earth has, I mean, it has lived or been in nature uh, at some point um, or been natural at some point. Let's go like that. So why shouldn't they have a spirit? I mean, why not? I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to talk to your kitchen table now, um, but it means means that there is more than just something we buy dumps in a corner and then forget. Uh, I think whatever we own, it's actually a good idea to appreciate it. And I'm not going every day and greet all my belongings. I think that would take days. Uh, but I do. I did get a better idea of how they kind of have their own spirit because they have a purpose. They they are there for something and how to appreciate that more. Uh, not always completely like intentional, uh, uh, like I say, greeting your kitchen table, but just being more aware of what you own and if all these things still have a purpose for you or if it still works for you and for them because if if you just accumulate things and never use them I, th I think Marie Kondo is right maybe they become you know unused they they become maybe psyching <laughs> I'm never used or whatever they they become a block and we're going to talk about energy a little bit later and that might be still all very esoteric, but if you start to think about that all what you own, in some ways you also should maintain, and it's all what you own is something you have to, well, look after. You have to at least house it. I mean, how many people have um, a storage, extra storage units to house all the things they own? So you look after them. But you might not polish everything all the time. But if you are more conscious about what you're actually owning and what you want to own, and what has a purpose for you, you might actually even maintain that better and, you know, spend a little bit more time. I actually do um, polish my dining table with uh, coconut oil and bee wax all the time. I have no idea if it actually does anything because it's not, um, it's wood, but I think it's not real wood <laughs> it's like i don't know i have no idea it's ikea uh and although some things are wood from there too but it's this composite wood i don't know uh so i don't actually know if it helps but i have a feeling because it's our dining table where we all sit around as a family where we spend a lot of time so i actually want to do something for that uh so i try to put some energy, some, some time in there or some, give it some, some attention. Um, so 
that, you know, the love can be felt. I don't know. Like I say, we move on to energy a little bit later. So mean, the meaning is if you have a lot of belongings, you have a lot of tools and every tool um, carries something. A lot of times it's opportunities. So let's go with paper clippings where you think, oh, that could be interested at some point or that could be interesting for that uh, um, um, time or that person. Um, or like all the kitchen tools. I mean, we have more and more specific tools for one thing and one thing only. Um, and that might be fine if that's something you really do all the time. But I think we are really, you know, we have all this shiny, um, shiny, what is it? Object syndrome, dopamine, where we really like to get something and think like because we uh, have that tool, we now always make whatever healthy smoothies and we'll be so much healthier so it's it's like an opportunity or an intention but if you don't use it and <laughs> really it's just you're dragging it around with you and if you start to go through all that and really understand if you want to keep that tool that uh, or that opportunity uh, or if you actually can let go of it because that was a time and now you have moved on from that or you didn't have the time to pursue that and you think that you have too little time, well, let go of it so you can make space for other things, for other opportunities, for other tools, which might be more appropriate or actually for just more space uh, so that you can reflect better on what you actually want and how you can do that instead of buying something. It's always these funny stories about people who go fishing the first time and like buy the complete gear without even knowing if they want to go fishing a second time uh, and they have like all this equipment then and that's that's sometimes what I feel like we are we are all doing in this society because in the end we have enough money to do that uh, but I think we also should be more intentional with our tools with our opportunities and our belongings and we should also we can accumulate them uh, but not for too long and just regularly review them and let go of those where you think like well that's that's not for me. Like it was a nice idea, but I think I can't pursue that because there's too many things I have to focus. And that's it. It goes also for digital files, photos, events, uh, meetings, bookmarks. Bookmarks is a typical one where you go like, ah, oh, that page looks interesting. I bookmark it and look at it later. How many of you, those do you have and how many do you review? So if you haven't reviewed the, or looked at the page again, uh, after whatever a month or whatever your time frame is, let go of it. So that's belongings. That's resources we, I think, should review a lot more intentionally and uh, a lot clearer about what we actually want. And I always found like doing that and doing, like I really liked the Marie Kondo method where you really touch everything and see if it feels a spark, if it feels something. like. And it's really interesting because you do feel something, like you do know that one I want to keep, that one I don't. And sometimes you don't know why, but that's the way it is. And uh, in the beginning, usually you you know that you want to keep that, but you don't know if you want to let go of the other. And you will eventually find that, yes, you want to let go of the other. So, um, But if you if you do that, it's really interesting how you gain clarity. And I have experienced that, but I, Marie Kondo also writes about it. And I think there's a lot of declutter gurus who say the same. It's just making space 
for new, for more, for other things uh, and becoming more focused on the things you actually have and you want to maintain and not drag around all the other things with you. Um, a lot of times you lose weight, um, you might quit your job and start the career you really wanted. Uh, there's a lot of things, or let go of relationships which were really toxic, but you can go let, let go of it. So there's a lot to decluttering and reviewing our belongings. Okay, so next one. Time. I mean, time is a concept That's what, that we made up. Time is just time. <laughs> it's like, there. It's just running along, flowing, doing its thing, no matter what. So time can't be our enemy. We can't have time. We can use time in a way or we use the moments and we can plan that and we have as humans found a lot of um, tools to organize or like have a feeling of control of time diaries and clocks and calendars and I don't know what and that's great but time is still time and I think sometimes we have to go back to That's just one moment ticking after the other. And all of us humans have a different time frame. We can experience that, at least in this uh, way, like as that human who knows what happens afterwards and what happened before. But it's just there. It's, it's just flowing and there's nothing about it. You can't do anything about it. Uh, you can wish there's whatever, 26 hours in a day. I mean, theoretically, you can make them. You just have to redefine the days for yourself. So, you know, it's, it's just there. It's whatever it is. It's not, it's not anything bad or good. It's just that. And the idea of time traveling is nice. But so far, I would say we can agree on just one moment after another with if the moment is gone, it's irreversible. So if you're just hanging in the past uh, and hope that you can uh, turn back time, well, you can work on that time machine. But otherwise, you have to find ways to let go of that and be okay that that has happened and that's not reversible. And that decisions made or not made, somebody made them for you because you didn't decide, it's just the way it is. So the whole idea of regrets. And I think it's okay to have them. It's also very important to resolve them. So time is not our enemy. Time is just something flowing along. And whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it as long as you accept. It's one moment after another. And it's not something which you can stop. It's not something which goes faster or slower. It's not something you can, can turn back. And we all know that. But we, I think we have to remember ourselves. And I mean, I like to experience time in different ways. I Sometimes I like it slow. Sometimes I like it fast. Sometimes I see that it's fast, but I don't like it. And I try to slow it down again. And I know that it's not slowing down. It's just that I have to decide to do less things and take more moments where I don't do anything. Maybe just sit somewhere and daydream or whatever. And then it will slow down. So it's really more about not having 26 hours in a day, which 
doesn't exist anyway. Um, but 26 hours in a day, um, that more like saying no and using time, our resource of time more consciously and prioritizing and understanding that we just can't do everything at the same time. It's just not possible. Also, we we tend to underestimate what we time we need to, to do things, but particularly with bigger projects. So just understanding more that there's usually more time we need for something so that we schedule that in. And then a lot of it is time management, which again is of course a concept or something we make to control time or to have a feeling of con that we control time. And it always goes to prioritizing. And pri priority means the top one. It's not the top ones, it's the top one. So we have to make decisions about what is our top one. And that doesn't mean we, you know, we have to have just family or just work. There can be a top one for working days and a top one in our life, which might be family so that you, if you have to decide uh, if you work or if you prioritize family, you prioritize family. But if you're within work, you can prioritize other things there. So you can prioritize a project or something like that. Um, but it's just the way it is. You you don't get more time. You have to decide which, how you use your time. And please also remember to put in breaks there where you can treasure time, where you can feel time again and where it's not just all flowing away, like passing, rushing um, through it, where it's just really fast and you actually at some point feel like you're not really in control of your life anymore. Okay, so that's time. Next one is money. Money, again, is a man-made, woman-made, human-made, human-made concept. There we go. Um, so money, in contrast to time, is something, it's really human-made. Time isn't human-made. It's like the concepts around time that are human-made, the days, the calendars, uh, months, year, um, schedules, whatever, clocks. Money is completely human-made. It's it's just the the um, currency or something which makes it easier to pay or to exchange goods. So that when we go into the pub, we don't have to bring half a cow. I'm not sure how much a pint of beer would be worth. Uh, maybe just a leg <laughs> for a few pints. I don't know, but it just makes it a lot easier. So it's completely human-made, and I think we are so focused on the money that we forget about what it stands for because it's just a tool it's just a vehicle it's nothing we we are good and bad in or what we deserve or not deserve it's just a, it's just a tool so so the idea of that money makes us happier i mean it's been there's a lot of studies that say that that's um how can I say that nicely? Uh, crap. <laughs> and I think we all also know that in the end, that's not how it works. But I think what can make us happy or what actually makes us happy if we look at what we actually want with that money. What, why we want it. Why we think it 
will make us happy. I mean, one thing is if we are really poor, more money will ensure that we can buy food, shelter, clothes. In the world I'm living in, and I'm guessing all of you are living in, that's not really the problem. I mean, in Australia and also where I'm originally from in Germany, there's social welfare, so it's it's enough to get food and shelter uh, and clothes. So you have a support for that. Um, even education, you can get that, I would say in quotes, for free. Um, so basic needs are met. So it's not about survival anymore. Of course, you can upgrade that shelter uh, and not live in social housing where it might also be dangerous so that then more money would mean that you can um, move to, to another place where it's maybe nicer, or safer or whatever. Yes, you can always upgrade with money and you can always add more with money. Um, but the thing is, I think we still have to think about why we want more money and what we actually want to do with it. Uh, because it's, I think, a lot of money. And I mean, I'm always surprised how, um, f at least for some time, um, particularly people who ha didn't have much money would have huge TVs or cars or whatever. And uh, I would always think like, Why Why would you smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol? And I would always think, like, why would you do that? I mean, with cigarettes, it's addiction, that's uh, for sure. And alcohol, the same. But why, why would you buy that? Why is that your priority? And I think it's about status. It's about that you want to keep up and that you think that's what you have to have to be good in life or something like that. And just, just a guess. Uh, but... Most of, like, a lot of money spent seems to be keeping up with others. And it seems that talking about that is also important. So it's all about social and status. I, I lived off quite a, I mean, I lived off fairly little money for the last years uh, because I wanted to have more time and I wanted some other flexibilities and that was the way for me which looked easiest. And I found that I can still be part of most of the social groups. Um, so it's not about how much I spend that I become part of groups. It's about who I am and what I'm standing for, what I'm providing. And I can completely provide value to others, apparently, without owning much money. Um, so I think... A lot of times we want more money to have more status. Some things are also that we want more money to um, have upgrades, safer surroundings, nicer surroundings, bigger house, more space. I always wonder about the more space because one thing is that space, I really like space, but more space also means more work. I mean, unless you can afford the cleaner who then cleans the bigger space. But also, you have to live it, you have to use it, and you have to maintain it. Uh, and 
as much as I want more space, sometimes I'm like, this is actually okay for me because this is something I can fill with life. And one day I might be able to afford more space um, and that will be great. Uh, but in the moment, that's actually okay. So I think it's also about being aware what you what you need and if you actually need that just be more attention like always whatever i'm saying it's always be more intentional a bit reflective about why you actually want that what it gives to you and a lot of times it's also that people want more money to make things easier to start a business with capital um, instead of really working at scratch up from from the grassroots uh, um, and that means also more agency, more freedom, because you, you have a bigger say in it. But what does it actually mean? You still have to learn all these things. Um, money for traveling. And then I'm thinking like, great, but you can still travel with little money. It's just not as comfortable and easy. So what do you actually want? Like, why do you think money would make you happier? Um, and then start to allocate resources. So maybe, you know, you want uh, to travel, you want a house, you want um, whatever else. Uh, so just, again, prioritize. Work out what you actually really want and why you want it. And then find the resources for it because they are there. I mean, like I say, money is human made. It's reprintable. There's a lot of money around. And it's... Of course, not all ours, but there's a lot of ways to get money. And it's also that a lot of ways to get money without, you know, getting a heart attack because you work 26 hours and seven and a, uh, seven days. I'm just go going back to my 26 hours in a day. Um, just, you know, work out what you really want and then work out how you can afford it. And I think you always can afford it. Unless you, I don't know, want to buy a two billion mansion. <laughs> I'm not sure that they, they exist. Uh, you know, a little bit realistic. But even if you are way above what you think you can afford, just start thinking about it uh, and see how you can work out how to get there. Because I think we always can. And that's something I come back to in the next pillar, dreams. How we can achieve things. And not have money standing in the way, using money as a vehicle to get there. Um, and I think we are also taught a lot of times that we are like, we don't deserve money or we are bad with money or whatever. And affirmations can really help with that to turn around our view on money and our beliefs on money. Um, and our beliefs of our self-worth and what we deserve. So I think it's really good to put in some affirmations, exactly, uh, particularly when you struggle with, with money and having enough money, um, about money will co come uh, when I need it. I will see the opportunities to, to um, gain money or to, to uh, earn money. Um, and uh, I completely deserve money. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm worth it. Um, and I'm worth the projects I have, that they are financed and so on. So I would really work out a few affirmations and keep telling them myself instead of always saying like, oh, well, I can't afford it. Well, I don't deserve it. So that's money. So 
the last one, uh, the last um, part of resources is energy. And I think this is, I mean, all of them are really important, but it's super important because we are all energy. And I've said it a few times already, but everything was made out of energy, apparently. <laughs> I think it was Albert Einstein saying it, but there's a few other people who, who have said it. And it makes complete sense if you think about it. Everything is energy because it's kind of little at atoms and little particles kind of circulating around each other and it's all energy. So um, that's what we are made of. That's what everything is made of. And then it makes sense that it's connected because we are connected to everything, to all the other particles. We are all flying around each other, if you want. Um, and uh, it's, of course, it doesn't mean that you are connected. Like it, it does mean that you're connected to everything, but it doesn't mean that you, you know, intuitively know everything because of that. That you can tap into every knowledge at any time, but we are still connected uh, because energy needs to flow. So there's there. It's I. I always think it's like a like a stream, like a river or a creek or whatever. Maybe a river. I have like a white, white water river in my um, in my inner vision for that, and it needs to flow. If it doesn't flow, it's not. I think it's not bad energy. There's no negative energy. I think that's stuck energy. I think that's the river is kind of there's a dam or something, so it can't keep flowing. Um, and it's, you know, it's getting crazy because of that. Um, or maybe because there wasn't any rain or any glaciers made melting, any snow melting, so that it gets really weak uh, and, and small. Uh, and I think that's how our energy works and how we have to see that we maintain it. We have to nourish it. We have to put uh, nourishing foods and uh, in, into our bodies, into our energy. Uh, we have to sleep and rest so that energy can renew uh, or whatever we want to say that the, the flow can be better i don't know but we we need that to generate energy and to keep that stream nourished and big and uh, if there are any logs or stones or dams and that like like these beavers are building something well i think that's actually a good thing but anyway let's go with something is stuck there, um, you have to get it unstuck. You have to find it and then eradicate it so that the energy can flow again. That uh, it's not, you know, maybe like a, like a little inlet that, you know, there's the, the river is a little bit distracted because there's, uh, there's a, like a side path or something, um, but that takes away from the big stream. Um, so that you... Uh, and there's like a pocket uh, where it flows into and it can't, you know, in that pocket it can't keep flowing with the, the other water. So it's kind of, and you know, when the water can't flow, it's, uh, it can uh, fester uh, and um, uh, host bacteria and um, get unhealthy. So that's what, what I think happens. The energy gets stuck, it can't flow, so it gets uh, unhealthy. Um, so we have to find out how to get it to flow again. And I think we do know that. Uh, we, we do know like where it's stuck. Sometimes we don't. So it's good to have things like acupuncture, massage, um, a talk, 
uh, if it's therapy with a therapist or just friends or journaling, so talking to your diary or uh, whatever. So um, you can find out where it sits if you don't really know where it sits um, and get it to come out and um, get it to flow again. So um, it might sound esoteric, but in the end, um, that's what it is, right? It, it, it's not, we are not solid disconnected things bumping around the earth we all have energy and we all um, are connected and um, uh, and all this energy has to has to flow has to circulate has to move um, and we ha like our job is to to keep it moving so that we can have that resource of our life energy um, to connect with people, to look after our bodies, to change our mindsets, to follow our dreams. And that's the next pillar next week of the Exploring Happiness Framework, dreams. Um, I, I'm going to talk about that in probably some length as well, because I think it's really important, um, like all the pillars, of course. Uh, until then, I hope you have a happy week. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week when we explore more happiness together.